Welcome back to Silver on the Sage podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Lowe. This is episode eight, and today we get to talk to Tanner Shaw. How's it going, Tanner? Oh, going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's a good Saturday morning to spend with you. And um, how are you guys doing? Because you're in, are you in Dublin, Texas? That's correct. In Dublin. Um, doing all right. It's been a little chilly this past week with these uh, nice yeah. winter storms. <clears throat> Never thought I would see anything in the single digits, much less below uh, zero in in Texas. But uh, or at least where I'm from, and it's it sure got there. So yeah, but you guys are doing okay. Oh yeah, we we ended up uh, where we're at. We were having some of the rolling blackouts, and uh, but luckily have a generator, and so we were able to get on generator power. And then also we have a well, so we don't have to hadn't had to worry about any of the water outages either. So we're pretty lucky. Well, that's good. Good to hear it. Um, how so? You worked in the Wrangler department for let's see. Well, I'll just let you tell everybody, um, but we'll back up first a little bit and um, tell me about yeah your scouting background or how your life led you to Philmont Scout Range. Well, growing up, I was in Scouts. I was Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts, and uh, started eventually an Eagle, but. I was, every chance I got, I'd go work at, uh, at summer camp or whatever it was and always loved it. So my first time I got to go to Philmont, uh, I didn't know I was going until about a week before. And it was, I was doing a wilderness survival class and the, the guys in it were a little older than me, but we got to be pretty decent friends over that week. And of, of scout camp and they said we're going to Philmont next week and we can't go unless we have an extra person so you're coming with us and I said I'm not done here until you know the Sunday before uh, we're supposed to be leaving on a Wednesday and I'm not going to be done till Sunday they said well you'll be fine just uh be ready to go meet us in uh down by Houston and we'll we'll go uh, heck yeah I'll I'll go to Philmont for sure. So ended up going and loving every minute of it. I had a, I say it was a small crew um, and man, it was, it was a blast. And then I just met a guy named Lee Leatherwood was from Dublin. Uh, he was there at Bobby Inn and <clears throat> I had wait to Wait a minute, some- wait a minute. What summer was that? Caitlin, you might've been there. Well, that yeah, well. Lee was <laughs> Lee was the horseman there when I was there in 2007, but he may have been there a couple summers. I think it, I'm thinking this was 16. It, it might have been seven, or, or I'm not 16, six. I'm gonna be all frazzled. Oh, six, here, 2006. Oh, six. I think it was yeah. 2006. Uh, might have been yeah. 2007, but I'm thinking it was 06. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Lee was Lee was an amazing guy. So, yeah, I'll let you – okay, so continue your story about Lee. Well, I ended up having – getting there and saying, Lee, I need gear. Like, So I ended up getting a hold of him and borrowing some of his gear for the week, and uh, like sleeping bag and stuff like that, and then ended yeah. up seeing him. Yeah. Uh, we got to do our layover there at Bobby Ed, like a lot of crews do. And we had a – the guys in my crew were – pretty stout bunch of individuals and we got there and they looked at us and said you're uh we've got about 75 yards worth of trail left we need to stretch out and y'all will have that done in you know 30 minutes so why don't y'all uh go and see what you can do up at the corrals and so we went up and ended up shoveling manure for our you know i guess what the conservation stuff uh yeah service yeah. And, got to fall in love with the with the horse department and so the ranch department after that I said I was I had a little journal that they had us keep and wrote in there that night that I would be back to Bobby Inn and it was just too pretty not to be there and uh, fell in love with it that 
that first day. So I luckily I got to make it That's back awesome. out there. It ended it ended my film month there. So but yeah, so um Bobian is a really special place to a lot of people and I'm one of them as well. So cheers to Bobian. Mm-hmm. And um then you returned was your first summer was two thousand nine as a Wrangler, is that right? Yep, oh nine. Um I had had shoulder surgery uh, my senior year of high school. So I had right after I turned eight, you know, was 18. It's like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then I decided they told me I couldn't pick up anything and, I, you know, was on the mend. So they said, you can go, but you're going to be worthless. And, or in my mind, I was going to be worthless. <laughs> and I wasn't going to get to do what I wanted which the only thing I ever wanted to do at Philmont was be in the ranch department. So I decided to put it off a year, but luckily that same, that summer I uh, ended up going as an advisor for my local troop and I didn't have, I, it was nice. As the advisor, I got to hand off some of my gear to the kids and yeah. little brother was on the crew. So he got to carry a lot of my extra stuff he didn't much care for it but it worked out in my favor to say the least so oh nine i applied yeah and got to go out and was a a wrangler my first summer spent uh, i did cavalcade in north country and south country got to do two um worked at clark's was at bobby inn for like three days and then was Ponyl the rest of the time. And it was, I, I got to be, Ponyl was great. I, a lot of people dislike Ponyl and say it's hot, but it felt more like home than anywhere else just because it was hot. <clears throat> I was used to 100 degrees. Getting up there and waking up when it's 60 is a little chilly sometimes. So so did you, did you grow up on a ranch? Well, um... We have a little bit of land. I, I wouldn't call it a ranch. Uh, we have about a little under 100 acres here in Texas and uh, lease some other places, run cows and a few horses and chickens and goats and ducks and whatever else okay. my mom thinks she needs, uh, we we take in. So, but no, I, I always thought, um, and I guess it was my dad that said this, that if you're doing anything other to support yourself and not just ranching, then you're not a rancher. It's not a ranch. It's just a little piece of land. And we have a expensive hobby with these cows. So <laughs> it works. Well, but you, so you had a horse, a horse experience with livestock, horse, horseback riding. So work, working as a Wrangler, your first summer felt not intimidating. It was just, You'd oh, been doing it, it a while. It was intimidating as all get out. The uh, <clears throat> I going in, I knew I I could ride a horse. I I knew cows, stuff like that. But going in and being around people that that's that's what they do. That is their life's calling. Can be a little intimidating. I mean, and you've been around you around all the bosses. Uh, Ben, Chuck, Rod, who they can cut yeah. you down with just a look. So, and and that's not <laughs> a, a bad thing, but they, uh, you're always wanting to please those guys. You always were, and I uh, didn't ever want to let them down. They command so. command respect in a good way. That's a fact. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that <laughs> makes sense, and um, you. You must have done something right because you returned in 2010 as a horseman. Mm-hmm. That's I was 19 and uh, in 09 and 20 we came back and I guess somebody had dropped out or something had happened and we uh, I was there as got hired on as a wrangler and was not expecting it at all and they just kind of called me in all they called in all the horsemen and then about three minutes later the door flings open to the office and tanner get in here what are you talking about well i'm not supposed to be no you're 
you're in here and pulled me in and said, by the way, you're in charge of Clark's Fork this year. Okay, great. I, I guess I'll do that. And it was, it was something they, uh, but Clark's was a good camp. That's close enough. They can get up and check on you pretty often, especially when you're, I, I think the age to be the horseman was 21 and it was one of those, just anybody asks you, just nod your head. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so it, it was a, um, it was a fun time though. So as a, okay. So as a Wrangler, you get moved around each summer. You're not at one camp the whole summer, but as a horseman, you stay at your camp the whole summer. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I've always wondered what th- that's like to, because for me working in the backcountry. I'm at Bobby Inn all summer, um, but I know not every department is like that. Is that hard to, so like your first summer, was it hard to go to different camps and be swapped around? Did you look forward to it or did you miss the people or how, how does that work? Well, it's, that's a good question. We, I sure like going, getting to go to different camps. Um, I was excited to go everywhere, so. Um, like I said, I got to do two cavalcades, which cavalcade gets to go through everywhere and see everything, do everything. Um, but you, you, we get there, the Wranglers get there early. I mean, so bring horses in top off. So you've already built a relationship with pretty much everybody in your department. Um, you're living with them, eating with them every day. And we're, we talk about, you know, PTC is the other side of the road. We're the other side of the road down a ways and <clears throat> try <Yeah>. to <laughs> stick around and be by ourselves. So you you really develop a, a relationship with everybody that you're working with, especially because we, uh, everything you're working with is pretty big. I mean, those horses will hurt you pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of yeah. got to trust everybody there that you're with, um, or at least have an idea of what they're going to do. So you, you build that relationship so you can move around and, and work with each other. Um, and yeah, you have certain people you want to work with and you want to be with your, your buddies, but you're, you're going to have to work with some other people you don't want to have to work with. And that's, Sometimes I thought they would do that a little out of spite and move you to, well, you screwed up over here. We're going to stick you with this person that's going to get on your nerves and see how you handle it, <clears throat> which was made you grow as a person. So, but yeah, it was, it was different. Um, and then as the horseman, so Wrangler, you're getting moved around all the time as a horseman, you're, you're stuck. You're, you're in this one spot. I, I say stuck. It's, there's not anywhere out there that's a bad place to be stuck, but sure. you, you're in that one spot and you have your first set of Wranglers come in and you might keep a second, you know, you have a second year that's kind of your second in charge that helps you get along, uh, do everything. And they normally won't move around, but you have these other Wranglers coming through and it's, Every camp kind of has the same routine. You get up in the morning, feed, go to breakfast, you know, saddle, everything, and then be ready for, for kids to show up. And so at least that's common between all the camps. But you have, you kind of get in a routine and then it switches. So you were the one that yeah. filled all the feed bags at Poneal, well, at Clark's. You're not doing that. The other person that's been do- doing it at Bobian's is doing it now, and you're, you know, checking water troughs or jingling or, or something like that. So you you get to experience the whole bit of the job, I mean, and in different places. So it's it's a neat deal. Um, I, I enjoyed moving around, and I think everybody in the ranch department enjoyed moving around most of the time. So. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have a favorite camp? Would you pick one of the favorite Ooh. ones out of the horse camps? Uh, man, I was horseman there at Clark's for um, two summers and loved it. Um, the jingling there is 
you actually get up and jingle. You have to go saddle your horse in the morning, go gather everything, and bring them in, um, which is fun. It's neat. You do it. You're riding in the middle of the, you know, in the morning before it's light. And, yeah. but Bobian is by far the, the nicest of the camps. Um, I loved it. Like I say, it ended my last summer there and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of came that all the way around. That's where I wanted to start. And that's where I ended. And it was, that's just so a magical, that was, magical place. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, it was full circle for you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, um, the, uh, the only thing about Bobian is you don't have to jingle. You just walk out and you're, you can walk out on the porch in your underwear and whistle and all the, Every horse in the valley comes running up. All you got to do is open the gate and let them in. So, so yeah, I was before recording this morning. I was trying to remember because I remember laying in bed at Bobian in the early morning, hearing the Wranglers jingle, and I my summer I feel like they just shouted something, and I couldn't think of the phrase like "Hey horse" or what did what did they shout? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, whistle, yell. <laughs> Come up here, stupid. That's about all you, as long as I hear a voice, they realize it's food time. So we didn't yeah. exactly have a a, a special word phrase that brought them up. It was just a, okay. come on and eat. So yeah, they're, they're always um, ready for that so breakfast. That's good. That's fun. I Speaking of the horses at Philmont, are there, I assume there's, um, I don't know how Philmont acquires their horses or how long they keep them, but I assume there's horses that you want and horses that you don't want as a Wrangler. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the oh, horses. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of them I don't want most of them, but, uh, <clears throat> no, they, uh, so we have a horse trader used to when we were there that would come in and bring, you might get 20, 30 horses, you know, brought in to replace ones that didn't make it through the winter or got sold off that we didn't think was going to make it through the winter um, because it can get pretty rough, you know, in the off season and it's lots of feeding. So you, you have these horses that are brought in, we top them off. That's part of, you know, they bring them in and put us on them, say good luck. <laughs> and you don't know what exactly the horse trader, you know, he wants to make a sale. He wants you to buy this horse no matter what. So, it's bomb proof and kid safe. Every single one of them, even if they've <laughs> drugged it up and it's oh, can't, yeah. can't stand up straight. Um, that's, I won't, I'm not going to say that they ever actually doped up a horse, but I think some of them horses might've been doped up when they got there. Cause we'd hop on them when they yeah. unloaded them and they just nice and pretty as you please and gentle and that next day after they've left and been paid, that's a different horse standing there. And <clears throat> lots of, lots of people came off with that. So they, uh, but we, we do classify them. I mean, there's dude horses. So they're, they're the ones that don't want to get out of line. They're going to stay, you know, nose to butt the whole time. And yep. don't, don't get me out of this. Um, then cavalcade horses have to be a little different. Um, cause you will, I mean, they do Gymkhana and all that stuff when they're at the end of the trek. So they gotta be able to run a barrel pattern and, you know, still be pretty gentle. And then the Wrangling okay. horses are the ones that we would ride. And they're the ones that we'll say are a little more spirited. Um, okay. <laughs> the ones that might, most all of them are pretty good. Um, you can do a little work off of, you know, chase, you know, go gather horses or move cows on, or uh, they don't have to be stuck in the herd um, nose to tail the whole time. So you mm-hmm. can you can do your work with those. But that's kind of how we. Do you have a favorite horse out there? Still there? Oh, I don't know. Um, or just during your Gull- time, <laughs> Gulliver. Uh, there was a horse named Gulliver that was pretty good. I had a, another horse named Hollywood that when we first got him, man, he bucked more dang people off. I mean, good riders. He, he'd just be going and his head had disappeared and they'd be on the ground. And like, how did that happen? But just a little itty bitty guy, he was a little show horse. 
and then messed up the leg and uh, got sent to the film on ever. There's kind of a running joke. Every film on a horse is there for a reason. Um, and it's most of the time not a good one. <clears throat> but a lot of them turn out uh, pretty decent. And you get to work with a lot of different horses. That's one thing that if you if you like horses, if you're into it, you work with so many different animals. And each one has its own personality. And uh, you you get to learn a lot. But yeah, Hollywood and Gulliver, and then my last summer out, I was dumb and brought one of my horses from home um, and rode him oh. most of the summer. You say, oh, but that was a long drive to get him there and a long drive back. And I think I, sure, uh, he had never been shod until we got there. And so we put shoes on him and he did fine until he, he got a rock in his foot got abscessed and so he just was a, a feed oh. bill at that point he he got to sit around Shoot. and and just eat that's all he did just sit around and eat <laughs> so but it was so was one of, what one of the deals uh, was i got to pay vet bills on him up and so that was most Shoot. of my paycheck going to going to the to the vet so. oh no <laughs> Um, what is maybe something that, um, I mean, I think in general, cowboys and ranch life and wrangling can be pretty easily romanticized. Um, but you guys work really hard and maybe what's something that you did that like a, a perspective on your job, something you did that people on the outside wouldn't realize that you had to do. Um, at Philmont? Well, it was, you're up every morning and it's before breakfast, you're getting a good bit of work done. Um, so everybody else, you know, wake up, go to the dining hall, get your food and then start the day after, you know, meeting. We're get up, do all of our chores, um, go to breakfast, come back for coffee stare, uh, which I don't know if they're still doing coffee stare, but it'd be interesting interesting to see if if the new uh, leadership are still keeping that alive. Um, Did well, do you know who started coffee stare that tradition? I assume that was shoot probably boss back. I I'm sure that's been going on since before my time for sure for sure. Um, Probably before I was born. Just probably since the director started. It might have been Wade Phillips started that, just sitting around staring at his guys saying, Y'all going to go to work at some point. Um, Is it really, is Coffee Stare, you just tell tell the listeners what Coffee Stare is for people who don't know. Well, one of the chores for the morning is making a couple big pots of coffee. So we don't get, Wranglers really don't get to drink any of this coffee. It's, it's just there until the bosses get there and they all fill the cup, come in, sit down. They have their own spot. They sit in every morning and they just stare at that coffee and making, I, I don't know what they were looking at just in it. And then every once in a while, one of them will look up at the rest at each other and just kind of nod and look back down at their coffee. And so we'll sit, I mean, it might be, you know, 10, 15 minutes of everybody just sitting in there waiting. And then normally Ben would speak up and just, well, should probably go get the Chicosa gathered or whatever it may be, one of the pastures, you know. And then everybody's up and running, ready to go. (laughs) But you, you didn't start the day without, you know, sitting there in the office and, having them drink a little bit of coffee making everybody just a little nervous um because it was what are we doing today nobody really we knew we were doing something with animals but we didn't exactly know where or what or when and they'd break us up into groups from there and all right clark's guys y'all are gonna go drive horses up to clark's okay cool O'Neill guys you're gonna go get everything from the big house and take it to O'Neill, Bobian, y'all help them and just kind of <laughs> tell 
everybody the the marching orders for the day and it was just it was always a pretty good good time sitting there figuring out what what was going to happen lots of fond memories of just coffee, coffee stare coffee uh, and coffee stare yep <laughs> um so you mentioned that um Philmont has a lot of animals out there um there's also so there's obviously the horse and the cattle and then uh, the buffalo herd, and I know there's also the different, um, well, there's the burrows, and then the backcountry camps. Some of the backcountry camps have chickens and goats. Um, a couple years, I don't know oh, if they yeah. still do sheep at Crooked Creek. Um, I think they did pigs one year at Rich Cabins. So they, there's... They bring those and in you go, the beginning like, of the summer, and yeah, that's always fun. The girls go wild for those chickens and <laughs> pigs and goats. Oh, they're so cute. No, they're more mouths to feed and good grief. They stink, but oh well. But you forgot the most <laughs> yeah. important animals of all at the Philmont, and that's the ponies at PTC. And they are the meanest things out there by far and <laughs> can turn on a dime. We used to have to, they'd put them out in the buffalo pasture. We'd have to go gather them. And that's the one thing I always hated having to go gather was those dang ponies they just golly they're too quick and can turn so so for our listeners what what differentiates a a horse from a pony exactly well those ponies were pretty small i i mean if pony is a little horse i guess um that That came straight from hell, I think, most of the time. That's, that's <laughs> all I thought about. That's, the that's all we need to know. <laughs> yep. They were, golly, just... Mm. One thing I don't miss messing um, with little ponies. <laughs> so, is there a position at Philmont you wish you would have ever done um, that didn't exist or that you just never got a chance to do? Or were you just happier... Yeah, Happy as a cloud. I, I was pretty happy, but, you know, um, full-time ranch department was always a, a dream, but didn't ever quite work out. And uh, I always thought it'd be cool. It's not even, it's not real, but I wished you could have had a, a two or three Wranglers get to run around and steal stuff from kids and take it to their next camp. I thought some roving bandits would have been fun. But they, I bet the I kids would have loved that too. Like carry your gear for us. Yeah, we'll we'll bring a pack horse, take your stuff up to your next camp. But yeah, I thought roving bandits would have been pretty cool. So, and then maybe uh, um, now that we have the chase, that would have been pretty neat being up there working out at the Chase Ranch. I, I would have really liked to yeah done more stuff out there. So, which I know I think they're yeah. they are uh, now, but it was pretty new when I was leaving. So yeah, I never got to experience that either. So I will have to get back out there in some capacity. And there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of new camps um, and new land and acquisitions. It's, it seems like it's grown. So it's always changing, I guess. Um, You talk a lot about um, the Philmont or sorry, the ranch department, the bosses, if you will. Um, any stories you want to share specifically about anybody or someone who really encouraged you or taught you a lesson or helped you through a challenge? Because um, those guys were lifelong cowboys. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, most they of them, were, I think, are retired. And but Yep, everybody but Chuck at this point. And I don't know how much longer Chuck will be there, but hopefully forever. Chuck don't ever need to leave. None of them needed to leave, but they all deserved a, a retirement for having to put up with us. Sure. So, um, man, Ben Vargas, I, I, you know, is one of the greatest men I've ever met, and I'm sure ever will. Uh, just the way he handled people and horses and it just any living creature was, it was amazing and just an inspiration to watch. And 
just getting to learn from that. Um, and, and I, I hope he knows, um, just how many people he, uh, he influenced and touched. Now I don't, he would never admit it if he did, I don't think, but he, uh, pretty humble, all of them. And, but good grief. He was a, it is still is a great man. And I, yeah, he's the one that I'd say I yeah. enjoyed being around the most and, and just learn loving from, or, you know, love learning from. And yeah. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just always a good, good human being to be around and could, especially on the ranch, he knew everything. Um, he, he'd grown up there. So, um, still right there close where he can look over it from his back porch so he uh he was the one that you got lost you'd call him and say i'm next to a two mesquite trees and a and a rock that looks kind of vaguely like a bunny rabbit and he'd say go about 50 yards to your right and there's a trail and then turn right and you'll be home in a minute okay <laughs> He it didn't matter where you were. He knew it. He knew where you were and how to get home. So it was it was neat. He sounds like absolutely a good guy to have around. Um, mm-hmm. So did you did you participate in the famous Cimarron Fourth of July rodeo? Oh yes, yes, I did. Um, the Maverick, yeah. Maverick rodeo. Is that what it's called, Maverick? Yep. The Maverick rodeo, Fourth of July rodeo, and yeah, it was it was something. I I sure loved it. Um, we did uh, a lot of guys and girls. Was that in, your first your first rodeo, or had you done it before? <laughs> yeah, first real one. I I did play days when I was younger, but um, which is we did like mutton busting. So that's where they stick you on a sheep and say, go kid, let you out. And normally you have a, a parent or a somebody working that right there behind you. And then whenever you start to fall off, they snatch you up. So you don't hit the ground too hard. But that was as a kid, we did that, but got into film and started. And it was Parker Zimmer, uh, the famous Parker Zimmer. Yeah, all them Zimmers are pretty famous, but Parker said you you need to get on your bucking horse. Parker, I don't know about that. Them things are big, and I made it about half a jump and landed on my face uh, right out of the chute and got had both back feet of that horse come down on my back and I thought, oh good grief, I don't want to do this anymore, and then. By the time I was back in the chute, which was half a step, I said, that was the funnest thing I've ever done in my life, and I will keep doing that. And uh, he was there by the chute, and we had wild cow milking to do after that. And he just grabbed me by the shirt and shook me. said, you better get ready because we still have more stuff to do. All right, Parker, I'll, I'll be good to go here in a minute. I get my parents always came up for the fourth, and uh we get done, I go over and see my mom, and there's just tears streaming down her face. Oh, Promise me you'll never sure. do that again. Don't ever, ever do that again. And I looked at her, and luckily, it was bull riding was going on whenever this was happening. And about that time, I turn around, and some poor guy gets thrown off and is just getting drug around the arena. Just, And I said, Mom, I'm going to keep getting on bucking horses but I promise I'll never do that. And she just said, her eyes got real big and jaw dropped. Okay, I'll take that. That, All right, just don't ever get on (laughs) one of those. Uh, But we did the ranch bronc and wild cow milking and wild horse race. A lot of of Philmont guys did. Um, And then, you know, ranch department, that's that's kind of a big deal. We we all get off for that um, for the 4th of July. Uh, Every camp is... And we'll double up our workloads the day before and the day after to to get that one day off. And it was a lot of the girls go in and do the barrel racing, which do pretty good wild horse or the cow pony race. Um, They'll do that. And it's a, it's a very special thing for, for us to get to go do that. A lot of times though, I mean, they've used 
Philmont cattle in the in there and for the wild cow milking and stuff like that. And it's a it's a huge honor to be able to get out there and do that and get to be in that that group that is a just something that's pretty neat to me pretty special so yeah it's i even as a camp director it was always the fourth of july set of days off we have a, a meeting a camp director meeting so we're we're typically all um there with you guys on in the stands <laughs> um well so yeah the backcountry some of y'all were in the in the thick of it too y'all that's get, right i i had a yeah. i think about every time i did a wild cow milking or a wild horse race i had uh at least one backcountry person in there on it with me i know jeb acres uh was out there quite a bit and uh, we had another shoot what was his name I, I can't quite remember it off the top of my head but he was a pc there at clark's fort and good grief he gave it his all he's a big boy but it was me him and jeb and we were doing wild cow milking got the got disqualified that year still a little sore of it on that one but we uh there was one cow took off ran around the arena twice just full speed and everybody else was at the other end of the arena and this one stopped pretty winded and i saw her i'm like that's the one that's the one we need to go after she's not going to have as much fight and so i took off after her and try, she was facing me i tried to rope her i missed and i was like well just pitched the rope down ran and jumped on her head and then i realized i didn't have any help <laughs> all the rest of my guys were at the other end of the arena with everybody else <clears throat> and finally dad's at that end of the arena and screaming at him go tanner's got her caught and but we got disqualified for not roping her i said we got her oh. caught that's all that matters they said no but oh well it it all worked out <laughs> <clears throat> so i i haven't asked this question on my podcast yet but i thought maybe Maybe you'd have an experience like this. Have you, so, so you, you mentioned at Clark's Fort getting up early and jingling the ponies and, and riding out before sunrise. And um, did you guys ever? I guess my question is, did you ever have any like paranormal I mean, stuff? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that place is haunted. I. <laughs> yeah. We. I mean, you. Whew. I don't know what it was, but I mean, we'd be out, we were out jingling one day and there's always just something right out of, good grief, something right out of the corner of your eye. You see, and there's somebody there and you look and there's, it's gone. Um, but we were out jingling one day and there were Whoa. a couple of horses that just would not come in. We could not find them. And we'd been told if you'll ask, you know, Clark's Fort Ghost, the writer, whatever you want to call it, for help, it'll help you out in the mornings. And I didn't put much stock in this, but we'd been looking for these horses for about three hours at this point, and I was a little hot. Wow. And yeah. finally said, uh, man, if there's anybody actually out there, I could sure use some help. And about that time, these two horses come like something's just eating their butt. And you come running out of the, the thicket and just don't ever let up until they are like stopped at the gate, just panting. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I guess that wow. worked. I may have to do that again sometime. That it was, and then you hear little weird noises every now and then. And you can say a lot of it's the mice that are in that tack room or something like that. But there's some that you just, I don't know. It's, there's some eerie stuff that goes on out there at Clark's Fork, and I'm sure all the camps have something like that. But, I mean, there's so much history and so much, so many people have been around that area for so long, it, it's hard to think that there wouldn't be some sort of stuff like that if you believe in it. So, I mean, yeah. heck, we have whole camps dedicated to it. I think Yuraka is a pretty haunted yeah. place. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing I remember specifically about my summer in 2007 at Bobian was um, the mountain lions and hearing them scream at night from time to time. And I always thought, man, if I was a wrangler, I feel like I'd be worried for the horses out there, but I, I don't think mountain lions go after horses. Do they just horses kind of keep to themselves? It just always made me wonder. Well, they they um they can they'll uh, a full grown horse maybe not. I mean yeah, but colts they'll go after. But we don't have very many of those on the ranch. We we do have a few every year, but not a whole lot. Um, no, yeah, I would just lions, hear them though. screaming sometimes. Yeah, we were at Clark's. I guess it had been, oh, when was it? Probably 2011. We had the one there at Clark's, and it became a problem and was coming down stocking kids, and we were looking for some horses, and we were up above camp, me and Marshall Zimmer, the famous Marshall, uh, brother of Parker. And so we were up. And up kind of by that campfire ring, upper campfire ring there at Clark's. And I saw some tracks and I was like, oh, maybe this is it. I'm going looking. And we come face to face. I I come. Marshall wasn't quite there yet and was a big mountain lion and uh, horseback stopped. And I'd get a deep seat and try to just hold on, squeeze like, oh, crap, this is going to be bad. Because I didn't think my horse had seen him quite yet finally the horse sees him and kind of perks up i'm like all right and that cat just sat there and it it couldn't have been more than you know 20 30 seconds of just sitting there staring at each other but i it felt like time stood still i was there for days just staring at this cat and he's sitting there looking back into my soul and he finally just stands up and just nice walk off and oh good grief what in the world was he doing and we i ride over to right where he's sitting look over and there's a hole in the trees an opening and he's sitting there and it is all of clark's fork all the staff are getting up going to the showers going to i mean he's just sitting there watching the camp come to life it was i didn't much yeah that was my one cat experience and i don't think i ever want to have another one of those so but yeah, yeah they they yeah. chased they they called the trapper in that year and chased that cat over over to Bobby Inn. I don't know if they ever got him, but I know he did go towards Bobby Inn. They had the track <laughs> of the dogs. So it was yeah. a that was an experience. So mountain lions are rough. Yeah, don't want to mess with them. Not at all. Um but meaner than a mountain lion are those burrows. Well, burrows will chase and kill a mountain lion or a bear. So, and they they do it in a pretty spectacular fashion. They they gang up on them. So they'll circle a whatever it may be, bear, mountain lion, um, the threat, and then turn around and just stick their butt to them and just go to firing. And they'll be you know the whole herd just kicking kicking them into the ground. Kicking and. It, oh my gosh! Dead bears and dead mountain lions there. Um, there at Ponil, they found a dead bear in the in the burrow trap. It just wandered into the wrong spot. So, but yeah, that's how oh they gosh. they protect themselves. Those herd animals are pretty smart that way. So yeah, yeah. Um. Well, hey, I wanted to just check in with what are you up to today? What are you doing today? Are you doing anything that resembles what you did at Philmont or are you on to something different with your life? Well, um, this past week I've been doing a lot of stuff that I did out at Philmont, busting water troughs and, and feeding and trying to keep stuff warm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more than I'd liked. But uh, for, for honest God work, no, um, I, I've got, got away from it. Um, I left and now I've, I was in the oil and gas for a little while and got laid off and decided sitting behind a computer screen and, you know, doing all that was not quite for me. So I went to commercial diving school over in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and just finished up with that. So now I'm trying to make my money 
breathing underwater. We'll see how that works. <laughs> awesome. Um, what's, yeah. So what ex- do you, what company do you work for? What exactly are you doing underwater? <laughs> well, so I just finished up school and um, I've been thinking about it. And instead of going, jumping right on with a company that, you know, they pay all right, but not, not great sometimes. And you got to work, you start off at the bottom and work your way to the top, which is fine. You always got to do that most everywhere you go. But I've been doing it for a little while. Um, And I'd really, I'm trying to get my own stuff started. So there's a company called TELUS Consulting. Um, So we've got a few contracts with City of Fort Worth and uh, some other places that um, we're, we're just trying to do this, do work. Um, and get paid instead of, you know, having the company take the majority of the money, we can keep a little more of it ourselves. Yeah. Um, good for, for you. For yeah. Can. All right. Well, I'll be rooting for you. Well, um, and it. congratulations on, yeah. And congratulations on finishing up school and all that. Um, do you want to... You've shared a lot of really good stories. Um, I know you mention you mentioned at Bobian you kind of kept a journal, and I know that at some of the campfires at Philmont, every once in a while we could get you up to read some poetry. Um, do you have anything you'd like to share with us today on the podcast? Oh, good grief! Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um... I've never been too uh, eloquent. I couldn't write any of these myself, but we, uh, my granddad used to listen to Red Steagall in the morning and would tape every one of his shows, and he'd have some, some dang good poets and uh, country artists on there, so I, I borrowed some of these from that show, uh, and it sure. was for, for Philmont, and uh one of them is is going to be called The Heritage by Buster McClary. Um, and he's, I, I used to do this. They Like I say, they, they got us up there every once in a while. <clears throat> they talked us <laughs> into it. Mostly how I met yeah. your sister that say, hey, you should go up there tonight. All right, fine. Her and Caroline Davis were pretty persuasive <laughs> but i'm gonna get to where i can read this thing i hadn't i hadn't recited it in a while but all right that's all right all right this is called the heritage by buster mcclary it goes i was raised as a kid to do what cowboys did ride up hold up and get out of the way daddy taught me to run over trees and granddaddy handled cattle with ease I think the Lord and Matt have planned it that way. Every thorn and saddle sore, every bone aching day and more, son, we'll get a drink of water when we're through. And everything that hurt, the blood, the sweat and dirt, son, that'll make a cowboy out of you. I'd rope cattle by the heel after 15 loops I'd build, daddy cussing and encouraging every try. A critter full of fight, stretched out and held tight to doctor a cancer caused by a little screwworm fly. My dad a top hand, a cowboy and cowman. He inspired loyalty, given to few men. He led a top crew, men who knew what to do, and each one rode for the brand. And my granddaddy named Seth, I remember him with saddle warp frame and keen eye. Bull sullied in cedar cage, and my mind full of rage, he taught me to grin and give it another try. Had my best horse fall, fallen wild cattle, through a million trees he helped build. And the sickening gut and a tear-stained dusty rut down my cheek when he nickered at the end. When tired and sunburned after cattle lost and turned and only a memory was water and rest. 
we'd catch a fresh horse and strike out a long trot, of course, because I rode with some of the best. So from the country I've worked and all the slack that I've jerked, cattle caught with every imaginable ploy. From the horses I've rode and the trails that I've mowed, gentlemen, I claim to be a cowboy. That's a, that's a, Buster's pretty good at putting pen to paper, so he does a good well, job. Well, and you're good at reading those. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <sighs> yeah, hadn't done that one in a while. Yeah. I don't know why, but it brings me to tears almost. It's so beautiful. That's, yeah, I agree. It, me too. Uh, reading, I mean, just, just stuff like that is <clears throat> a lot of people, you're out by yourself, <clears throat> that, you know, horseback and, and you get a lot of time to think and you, some are obviously better than others, but being able to put words to thoughts and, but you do get to think a lot. That's that's one of the greatest things about Philmont and being horseback and being anywhere. Um, just this whole Western way of life is you're you're getting to do stuff and that few people get to see, and it's a uh, the whole time you you're there thinking about yourself, not just yourself, but your animals, your friends, your whatever. Um, but you you got the time to think about it. And yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of poets out there that never put pen to paper. So it's, it's a neat, neat deal. I, it's one thing that I think, you know, when you're not at Philmont, you don't experience that as much that the quietness and um, the moments to yourself and time in nature. And those are some of the things that, um, I always miss the most or miss the most or turn to whenever I'm uh, missing it is, man, gosh, I should just, I should just grab my sleeping bag and go in my backyard and just lie in the grass instead of, you know, watch this Netflix show. (laughs) Um, so sometimes I, sometimes I make it out there. Um, Hey, I wanted to ask you, let's see, is there, well, first of all, um, For people who know you and I well, they know that we knew Miss Carly Graham very well. And is there anything, a story about Carly or um, a memory that you'd like to share? That's the only woman on the planet that ever got me to go hiking. Um, <laughs> and especially, uh, she came up one day and grabbed me and said, we're going up trail peak i got two horses right here with our name no uh-uh. we're we're walking we're gonna hike <laughs> are you sure you want to do that i mean there's there's horses there. there's a truck that's coming to here before too long no it's going to be good for you and uh going up we made it up just two of us and came back and stopped there in the meadow and there's a little creek that runs through it laid down there for a while and just talked and it was one of those memories that I sure hope never go away. So, um, yeah, she was, she was sure something <clears throat> always, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> good grief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that memory. Um, is there anybody, um, on the podcast you'd like to hear from or nominate to be a guest um, or any, any just final shout outs to any friends yeah, or anything? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, anybody with the last name Zimmer, Steve, Sherry, okay. <laughs> Marshall, Parker, any of them. Um, they're, they, yeah. Steve ran the, the museum for how, I don't good grief for forever. And, you know, those yeah. boys grew up in that area and he met Sherry out there and it's, it's a Philmont family. If it wasn't for Philmont, it wouldn't, they wouldn't, one of them be there. 
Um, Absolutely. And then obviously Ben, Chuck, Rod, Bob, Rickless, any of them. Yeah, all those guys. All those guys. If you can get them on here, you might have to go set up the computer for them, but you probably get them on. (laughs) Hopefully they, I mean, they've got stories to tell and you're, you're lucky if you get to hear one. Um, Absolutely. So, Um, that's. my requests i'd listen to those for sure okay um do you keep with you like any oh go ahead and i i forget was it miss puckett uh leela 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 i think she's the one who said yes. she wanted one with all of you fike sisters on there yeah that would be another oh. one. all of you at the same time to go through <laughs> And tell stories, or at least sing a song of some sort. Give us something, and all of your husbands too, because you're—they're all pretty talented as well. So, I'd... we'll have to do a family episode at some point. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're too kind. Um, <laughs> is there is there any Philmont object or memorabilia that you keep with you, or keep with you oh, to this yeah. day? That so sitting in this room, you want to share a few. Uh, I have a, well, one, a pack of Lucky Strikes. Not really a Philmont deal, but <laughs> we smoked enough of them out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I, we were out up pon- uh, just north of Chase Ranch looking for some horses or something that got out, me and Ben, and found a big old softball-sized chunk of coal. And I thought that was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Picked it up. Oh, man, Ben, take that with you. And I have that on my shelf. I always figured, you know, it's kind of like me. It'll turn into a diamond someday. <clears throat> and then <laughs> uh, some couple pictures uh, that from Keith Walters. One day we were driving by, and I think it was – Steve Zimmer was out signing his new book that he had out and Keith had done some of the artwork for it. So I got to get in there and I bought two of the prints um, from the book and number one out of the, the whole, the print deal. And I have those framed and they go wherever I go. They're kind of my favorite. It's a guy on a bucking horse on one and the other one is a guy not on the bucking horse anymore about to land on his head. <laughs> which I can relate to most of the time. <laughs> and then the only the other one is I had a, we had a very talented young lady. Um, I, she's changed her last name. She ended up marrying up and her first name was Elizabeth. Um, but West Western Rose studios. I'll have to get you that information. You can put that down. She's sure. a very talented artist. Um, but she worked out at Clark's Fork with us one year and as was a horseman at Poneal and mom and dad one year for Christmas got her to do a watercolor of me and without my knowledge and of me on my, my horse Hollywood and sitting in the, it's the Clark's Fork corrals. Um, and so that hangs up in my room too. Uh, kind of conceded that way. I have a picture of myself. So, <clears throat> but that's um that's that's what i got here um just where i can look at it my old hat sitting over there that i wore the last time i was at film one it's a little uh it's in pretty rough shape but can't can't stand apart with it at this point so but that's yeah. um yeah i you've got your own little museum there it's good i, I think a lot of people do that they kind of hang on to those things um and it's it's special. I is there I, is there anything else you want to share or say before we wrap it up? Oh, if you if you're at a horse camp, if you're listening and you're still working at Philmont, go down to the corrals and annoy the wranglers as much as possible, and <laughs> you'll really find more appreciation of what. The ranch department does, but more than likely, you'll um, decide you want to do that next year. Uh, it's it's sure nice getting to 
ride something around Philmont instead of walk it. Uh, you get to see the country in a different perspective. And so if you're, if you're still out there doing the Philmont thing, listening, go to horse camp and, and see what, what it's about. Um, I thoroughly recommend it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tanner, for spending your Saturday morning with me and, um, happy trails till ours cross again. Well, I sure appreciate you having me on. I was thrilled that you would think of me to ask. It was with all these people that you've had on so far, I've, I feel lucky. So. Well, I feel lucky to know you. So good to be with you and um, take care. All right. You too, Caitlin. Bye. Thank you.